spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Here's what we got cooking on this Friday. After some pushback from stakeholders, the Canadian Grain Commission is walking back on changes to grain grading. A Kindersley area rancher provided her perspective at a town hall meeting earlier this week on drought and the supports available to producers. And Adam Bacallo from PI Financial broke down the grain market's performance this week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. A rancher was at a town hall meeting in Kindersley earlier this week about the drought and what supports are available. Arlene Beaujolais, who has a ranch south of Kindersley, says the meeting was well attended by producers and representatives from the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation, Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Farm Credit Canada, and a few RM Reeves. She says her area has been in this drought situation over the last five years, with each year getting worse than the last. Because of that, sourcing feed for cattle is becoming more difficult and expensive. However, she's been fortunate that neighbors who are grain farmers have supplied them with feed to get them through the last few years. SAS Crop Insurance doubled the low-yield threshold for grain farmers who decide to use their crops for feed, but Boishle's concern is a gap left by the program. The crop insurance for the grain producer is short of what they need. And so then they have to be able to recover that from the, from the amount that they're charging for the feed. So even if they would like to sell us the feed, there is that gap in between there uh, that's making it hard for everybody. She says it was talked about at length at the meeting and some good ideas were brought up. The biggest takeaway for her was knowing she's not alone. It's pretty easy to sit at your property, at your ranch or farm, and um, be overcome with the, the dread of looking out onto your property and seeing how poorly the grass is doing and how poorly the crops are doing and stuff. And when you're just at home sitting there looking at things, it, it's, it's pretty gloomy and it's pretty depressing. Um, by having that meeting, you were able to see that there are a lot of other producers in exactly the same situation and that... Um, that you don't have to blame yourself about what's going on because it's something that's totally out of your control. But there are some organizations like uh, Saskatchewan Cattlemen's and Crop Insurance and whatever that came to the meeting that realized the seriousness of this and that are attempting to find some help and some solutions to get the producers, whether they be grain farmers or cattlemen, 
help them get through this situation. Beaujolais adds all the producers felt heard. I absolutely, we were heard. Yes, absolutely. They sincerely were listening and taking mental notes. And uh, the Saskatchewan stock growers had a, the woman that's in charge of taking all down the correspondence and stuff. She was constantly writing throughout the whole meeting. She believes there should be more town hall meetings to better understand what's happening. I think that any time you can get producers together, even if there's only two points that come out of that meeting that are of benefit, um, I think it, it's always a good thing when you can get people together in that type of a, a setting where they have common goals, they have the ability to sit down with, with the person next to them, have a chat and just talk about what's going on. It's always a good thing. There was another town hall meeting in Purdue this week, which had about 100 producers attend. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves troughs, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca the Canadian Grain Commission is repealing the harmonization of primary and export tolerances for test weight and total foreign material of all grades of five different classes of wheat. This comes after stakeholders raised concerns, including the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Chair of Sasquheat, Brett Halstead, says it's a good day for farmers. Yeah, we're pleased with the decision to repeal um, the changes, and I think it's really helped that there's been a wide number of farm groups from all different uh, avenues that have spoke out against these changes. So it's um, a pleasant day today to uh, hear that farmers do have a voice yet. Absolutely. And uh, yes, obviously, you, uh, Sasquatch being one of the groups advocating uh, for uh, a study, I believe it was, uh, on the impacts of these changes. Was that right? Absolutely. We think when we're major changes to the grading system are done, we need to know how it's going to affect farmers financially. And there hasn't been issues before with uh, exporting of test weight. So we thought that this was an opportunity to see, well, will this affect farmers and by how much? We feel it will, but we don't know by how much. All right. So now that they're kind of walking back on this, I guess, uh, what's the next step? Well, it's just to get all the details and uh, make sure everything goes through and we can get our economic study done and um, try and work together on what's best for Canadian farmers. And uh, the study would still be something that uh, Sasquatch would want the CGC to do, correct? Yeah, I, you know, I think that's uh, paramount and part of what we've asked for from the start. If there's going to be changes in the grading system, we want to know how it's going to affect us financially. The classes of wheat that would have been subject to the changes are Canadian Western Red Spring, Hard White Spring, Extra Strong, Soft White Spring and Amber Durham, and Canadian Northern Hard Red Wheat. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, Brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. 
Canadian Pacific Kansas City Rail says its first quarter following a major merger was a tough one as wildfires and falling container demand plagued operations across the rail sector. CPKC reports total revenues of $3.17 billion in the quarter ended June 30th, compared with $2.2 billion a year earlier, well before the marriage of North America's two smallest Class 1 railways in April. The Calgary-based railway operator says net income reached $1.33 billion in its second quarter versus $765 million the year before. It says diluted earnings notched $1.42 per share, above the $0.82 cents per share of the same period in 2022. Chief Executive Keith Creel says the results are challenging, but that long-term growth opportunities are evident given the greater reach of the merged outfit. CPKC's $31 billion U.S. purchase of Kansas City Southern, the continent's first big railway merger in more than two decades, created the only railway stretching from Canada through to the U.S. and Mexico. With port access accounting for nearly three-quarters of Ukraine's grain exports since the Russian invasion, Russia's moves to cut off the Black Sea and attack port infrastructure will effectively stop Ukraine's access to the world. That's one major take from DTN lead analyst Todd Hultman following a webinar on the latest agricultural challenges in Ukraine. Without that Black Sea deal, Ukraine's options for moving major volumes of grain are limited. Pressure continues to mount on Russia to re-establish the Black Sea Grain Corridor, even as Russia is attacking grain infrastructure at ports and farms. African leaders and China each have pressed Russian President Vladimir Putin to reach a new deal to reopen Ukrainian grain exports. Further deterioration in demand for glyphosate-based weed killers led Bayer to cut its full-year earnings outlook and announced a 2.5 billion euro write-down on glyphosate-related assets. In an unscheduled statement late Monday, the German drugs and pesticides maker said it was projecting 2023 earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization, adjusted for one-offs, to be in a range of 11.3 billion euros and 11.8 billion euros on a currency-adjusted basis, down from 13.5 billion euros reported for 2022. That was lower than a previous 2023 outlook of 12.5 billion euros, or slightly higher. Free cash flow would come in at zero, down from a previous prediction of 3 billion euros, which is due to release detailed second quarter results on August 8th. Based on the anticipated market development, in particular with respect to the glyphosate business, Bayer also expects to record a goodwill impairment of approximately 2.5 billion euros. That would result in a second quarter net loss of 2 billion euros. Law enforcement officials say they seized over 63 kilograms of suspected cocaine from a commercial truck hauling corn into Canada at the Emerson point of entry on the Manitoba-North Dakota border. A team of Canada Border Services Agency dogs found the drugs in a modified compartment in the trailer carrying corn on July 14th. The street value of the drugs is estimated at $6 million Canadian, the largest narcotic seizure at any Manitoba port of entry in the last five years.
The 31-year-old driver, Verinder Koshik of Winnipeg, was arrested and charged by RCMP with importing a controlled substance and possession for the purpose of trafficking. He appeared in a Winnipeg court on July 19th and was released on conditions. U.S. health officials say as many as 450,000 Americans have become allergic to red meat since 2010 because of an illness triggered by tick bites. Alpha-gal syndrome occurs when an infected person eats beef, pork, venison, or other meat from mammals or ingests milk, gelatin, or other mammal products. When a sugar that's in meat from mammals and in tick spit enters the body through the skin, it triggers an immune response and can lead to a severe allergic reaction. Doctors recommend people with the allergy should change their diet, carry epinephrine, and avoid tick bites. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers this afternoon and a risk of a thunderstorm, high of 23 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers early in the evening and another risk of a thunderstorm, low of 11. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, high of 25 to low 10. Sunday, partly cloudy, high of 25 to low 14. Monday, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers, High of 30 degrees, the low is 15. Tuesday, sunny again, high of 30, the low 14. Wednesday, sunshine, high of 29, a low of 14 again. And Thursday, sunshine, high of 29 degrees. Normal highs for this period are at 26, normal lows 11. Sun rose at 520 this morning, and the sun will set at 849 tonight. Taking a look around the province. In Estevan, 21. Weyburn is also at 21. Swift Current, 18. Saskatoon, 17. Yorkton, 16. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is all the way up in Uranium City at 24. And the cool spot is all the way in Cypress Hills at 13. In Regina, mostly cloudy. North-northeast wind at 9 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 65%. Temperature 16 degrees or 62 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure is at 102.5 and rising. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy also. North-northwest wind at 8 kilometers an hour, temperature 18 degrees. In Regina, mostly cloudy. North-northeast wind at 9, temperature 16 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to SaskAg Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of SaskAg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com The Ice Futures November canola contract may have hit a peak after rising the last two months to a peak of about $850 a ton on July 20th. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial Adam McCallow says canola is down approximately $10 a ton this week, but the slight drop is nothing to be worried about. I believe that there is, you know, it definitely is support. 
supportive news for canola to go higher. But right now, it's not going to be, I think, a, a straight line kind of up every single day. I think that's where markets are healthy when we do take a bit of a pullback here. So support I do have for the November contract is close to that 780 level. I don't expect it to get all the way down there. But again, there are other factors to watch, uh, kind of one being on kind of the soybean side of things here. There is, I would say, a little bit more on the bearish kind of news when it comes to whether the rains are starting to kind of, uh, you know, improve a little bit of the outlook. But uh, yield losses do continue on the soybean side. So we have seen kind of uh, a downside breakout to eight-day lows on the soybean side of things. And really, I think, again, the trends are kind of lower on the beans and to bean oil a little bit. But when looking at wheat, um, we did actually see the September Minneapolis contract increase approximately 10 cents a bushel here uh, this week. It was up quite a bit more, um, you know, on some news from kind of the drone strike on kind of Ukrainian ships. And then again, kind of we saw a large sell off from that uh, that volatile day. All right. And uh, just kind of going back to uh, canola there, you mentioned that there was some supportive news uh, for canola. What what kind of uh, news exactly are we talking about? You know, it's really when it comes to the the weather side of things. So I'm talking with my clients kind of throughout the prairies, the crop really isn't looking that good. And, you know, whenever that starts to happen kind of this early on with really rains needed in quite a few areas, uh, I think that's why we saw a lot of kind of short covering and buying here over the last couple months. So, uh, however, what I've been doing is really talking with clients to see you know, is it worth to add some protection strategies on at these levels? A lot of farmers, again, they didn't uh, pre-sell too much because they were scared that they didn't have a crop. And, you know, that's great. They may probably remembered uh, what happened, you know, a few years ago and in, in, in the last couple of years even uh, with kind of getting caught with grain contracts. So uh, a lot of farms, I think, did wait this year and not forward sell that much. Uh, and, you know, this is, however, now when, you know, the put options can kind of come in because you don't have that production risk. So if if maybe the crop could turn around here, uh, that's when options might be able to give you at least some protection kind of now. And then you know that uh, you at least have locked in this price. And uh, turning to wheat, you mentioned the uh, ongoing fighting in uh, Ukraine with the uh, drone strikes. Uh, would another factor influencing them be uh, the yield potential concerns uh, in the prairies here with the dry conditions? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that's just one factor. The hard red uh, kind of wheat quality council in the States, they did a tour uh, that just actually ended kind of this week. And uh, the three-day average yield that they came out with was uh, 47.4 bushels per acre kind of in the U.S., which was down from about 49.1 from last year, uh, but still above the five-year average. So the, the final results were actually considered slightly 
better than expected. Um, however, spring wheat is, again, under drought conditions, jumped from 12 to 43% in most of North Dakota. Um, so again, it, it isn't looking very good in terms of those uh, kind of those areas. So I think there's just a lot of areas, whether it's in Canada or in the U.S., that don't look good. And, you know, if funds don't want to be on the, the short side or, bet, or betting the market's going down when there's a lot of these kind of reports coming out, the crop might not be what everybody thought. And so what's the uh, outlook for this next week? Well, next week, again, one kind of factor that we talked about even last week was the the rise in crude oil and the decline in the U.S. dollar. So the U.S. dollar has, it did kind of creep up here in the last week or so, but it's looking like it might want to turn back lower, which I think could be supportive for commodity prices in general. The WTI crude oil is above its 200-day moving average, above $80 here today. Um, so that's kind of trending more positive. And it just looks like in general, too, with the U.S. announcing this week, uh, the Federal Reserve, that they believe that the U.S. could avoid a, a recession, which uh, has kind of been the top news for really the whole year is, is the U.S., is Canada going to be going to a recession, which they expect the potential to avoid now, uh, which they haven't said that until now. Uh, so the stock market today actually is going significantly higher, which uh, should just be supportive for, for buying in general too. Adam Piccolo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Ryan Young. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Orcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. Orcolabuildingsupplies.com. For the longest time, if you wanted to look at a soil survey map of any piece of land in Saskatchewan, you'd have to get an actual map of it or a survey book. However, accessibility has been made easier thanks to the development of a website called skcis.ca. The full name of the acronym is Saskatchewan Soil Information System. Soil scientist and dean of the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan, Angela Bedard-Hahn, says the website has all the historical soil survey information for every piece of land in the province, she says it was made to reflect how people are interacting with information today. So when you click on a particular location, you'll get the soil classification and the term, you know, the description of that particular thing might not be something you're familiar with. You know, an orthic dark brown chernozem might not mean something to everybody. But as you click on that, you, you, it'll take you to a, a site. If you don't know what it is, it'll take you to a site that can give you more information about what you're looking at there. There's also information about ag capability, texture, stoniness, salinity, and even irrigation capability. So you can get a sense about what the the land looks like you can also get a sense of the variability some spots you click on and you can click on what's called the component and it might be a hundred percent one type of soil or maybe you'll click on that and it'll say well it's a mix of these three or four soil types and so you get that sense of the variability just by by looking at that distribution as well the website has a 12-page user manual to show you how to use it properly while you can use it as a guest, a create, create an account option is available. She says a companion tool for the website is being developed that will allow the user to get down to a quarter section of land. She has an appreciation of the work involved in creating a soil survey map. 
Yeah, so I sometimes joke about that. There be there was a glory years for soil survey, and so over the course of you know basically a lot of the second half of the 20th century, there were soil surveyors all over the prairies that were trying to capture all of this detail. And there was you know we were at a genuine risk for a while of some of that information just being being lost due to due to inaccessibility. And so this was really an opportunity for us to capture all of that work because these maps really represent not just individual samples but knowledge that's gained from years and years spent in the field digging holes and really trying to understand how those soils formed and how they why they function the way they do in a particular location in the landscape. For farmers wanting to know more about their land or anyone looking to buy a quarter section, Bedard Hahn says the website is a great resource. Exactly. It's a great way to get a bit of a sneak preview of what you're looking at. And so whether you're looking at, especially if you're shopping for land in the wintertime, right, it's an opportunity for you to get a sense of what you might expect. So, yeah, maybe if, maybe what you thought was going to be really good, it turns out it's capability six and it gives you an idea of what why that is, right? Okay, well, maybe I'm looking to buy a sand pit and that's okay. It'll tell you what you're looking at without you necessarily going out and sticking a shovel in the ground yourself. It gives you a good start. She doesn't know the exact number of people using it, but it is being used. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I got to tell you over the course of this 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 week already, the number of folks I've, I've, I've talked to that have come by and say they're already using it. I know we've got a lot of users in the agronomy community and we started teaching students with this in the college as well, which means that those folks are then going out and teaching their colleagues. Folks with Ag Canada as well are, are using this and the Provincial Ministry of Agriculture is a, is a big fan. So lots of users out there across a broad spectrum and we're always happy to, to teach people more about it. The Saskatchewan Soil Information System is based on historical soil survey information from the Canadian Soil Information Service. Again, the website is sksis.ca. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today. Canola is down $14.70 to $746.22. Lentils is up $24.80 at $727.30, and number one red spring wheat is down $6.93 to $387.62. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $447.80. Feed barley, $335.61. Chickpeas, $1036.17. Flax, $501.98. Oats, $250.32. Yellow peas, $335.92. And feed wheat 27097. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is down eleven and a half cents to eight dollars and ninety-two and a quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, the latest livestock quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Just about 350 on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. These big, strong, high-yielding cows, they're holding steady. They bring 140 to 148 sales right up to a buck 52. But these thinner cows and the poorer quality cows, they are starting to get discounted. The big bulls, 158 to 168. We had them as high as 175 and 50. We'd ended up with 44 of them on offer on Tuesday. Regular sale here next Tuesday, August 1st. Then on off-truck yearling sale here 
500 listed already for our Tuesday, August 8th sale in conjunction with our cows and bulls. For more market information, give Heartland Moose Jaw a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And now the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. It went down a little bit compared to yesterday. Today, the prices are at $245.92 per CKG. Coming up after the break, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The Canadian economy grew by 0.3% in May. The figure is slightly lower than Statistics Canada expected as mining and oil and gas companies reduced their operations in Alberta at the outset of a record-breaking wildfire season. The agency's latest report on economic growth shows the energy sector was down 2.1% in May, its first decline in five months and its largest since August of 2020. But even the modest growth is unlikely to hold, StatsCan's preliminary estimate for June suggests the economy contracted by 0.2%. The federal government posted a budgetary surplus of $1.5 billion in April and May. In its monthly fiscal monitor, the Finance Department says the result compared to a surplus of $5.3 billion during the same period last year. Revenues rose by $1.3 billion due to higher interest and employment insurance premiums, as well as greater proceeds from personal income tax and a carbon pricing hike. But expenses rose by $3.9 billion as the government paid out more returns under the pollution pricing framework, as well as higher elderly benefits and transfers to other levels of government. On the markets, the TSX is up 137 points at 20,523. The Dow is up 188 points to 35,471. Oil is down 43 cents at $79.66 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 75.60 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand SaskAg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's another edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.